Many of you will relate with my guest today. Corey Wamsley felt trapped in a career that was not using her talents or her skills. Essentially, she was putting in the time with little reward for herself. In Corey's interview, she is going to show you how to break away from the mundane, leaving your comfort zone so you can create what you have always wanted to do. Have you ever felt like giving up, quitting, throwing in the towel? Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. She's an author, health coach, and motivational speaker. Backed into a corner multiple times in her life, Carol shares with you stories on how she overcame some of the toughest obstacles a person can go through in life, but refused to give up hope. Rather than admit defeat, an opportunity was presented, and it involves each and every one of you. Carol will feature spectacular guests who will share their messages of hope, encouragement, and their inspiration to prove why life's adversities only make you stronger. And now, welcoming the host of the show, here's Carol Graham. So nice to have you on Never Ever Give Up Hope today. Thank you for having me. One of the things that we're going to talk about today is not only exciting for me as I put in my my email to you because as a potential author as a wannabe author or as an author on your website you shared many things that I could relate and I think that the audience is going to relate as well there are, everybody has a story would you not agree oh absolutely and this is what we're going to talk about today at length, is how to tell, how to share, how to get our stories out there. You said that you believe many people are in that position, the same position that you were in, where your talents and your creativity were not appreciated and you felt stuck, just as they may feel stuck. And so one of the jobs that you had after college was a writer and an editor for the U.S. government. So tell mm -hmm. us about that and why it was different from the normal technical type of writing. And then we'll lead into what you really want to share, and that is how to tell our story. So a lot of the writing that I did there was pretty dry. Um, you know, it of course, it's interesting to people who are into science, but... Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of the general public isn't going to enjoy reading these super dry things that we were writing. Um, we did some pretty cool stuff that along with that, um, which was like talking to the scientists and helping them showcase some of their talents too that weren't in the lab. Um, we had some people who were doing some volunteer work. They had some interesting hobbies. So those were some pretty cool things we got to do. But um, overall, you know, the job was really not that inspiring. So what made you take the plunge from the security of a corporate position to branching out on your own? That had to be a huge plunge. It was. So it wasn't totally my choice. Um, as we all know, whenever you get stuck in a really stuck position, sometimes the universe just kicks you in the butt and says it's time to go. So I ended up getting laid off from that position. I had been there for 10 years. Oh, wow. And 
Yeah, and they decided to um, cut basically half of the PR department. So all the senior staff had to go. So I was on that list. I ended up finding out on my youngest daughter's first birthday that I was being let go. And I had no plan. I wasn't even sleeping through the night at that point. Um, I had a three-year-old and a new one-year-old at home. So I basically came home and had absolutely no idea what I was going to do. What was your first response? I was kind of angry because I had been, I thought, a pretty good employee. Um, I had actually uh, suggested to a couple of my friends that they apply for positions there. So two of my friends were working there. Um, so I felt like I had been, you know, a model employee doing a good job and everything. So I was pretty angry that I had been kind of selected to go. Um, but then after a few minutes, I was like, oh, I don't enjoy this work. <laughs> so um, there was that, it, it was mm -hmm. a lot of emotions, a lot. And so what's the first thing you did? So I drove home, told my husband on the way home. Um, and then when I got home, I wasn't really sure what to do with all my feelings. So like most people, I hopped on Facebook and ranted about it. And uh, the funny thing is, um, it actually did help, first of all, to just get those feelings out. And then a lot of people hopped on and responded to it. And they were saying such nice things about my talents, about how um, I could, you know, go somewhere else, I could find a new job, you know, all these things, um, they believed in me. And that was something I really wasn't feeling at that time. I didn't feel that belief in myself. It was just, oh, crap, dead end. Um, and I actually had a friend text me. Um, she was at her job too. So she was, you know, just texting me back and forth. And she said um, something really crazy I've never heard before. Do you have an entrepreneurial drive? <laughs> and yeah. I kind of laughed and I was like, that sounds like a cocktail. No, but she said, you know, I really think you ought to start your own business. And we had talked a couple times over the years where she was like, you know, you really ought to get out and do this. You really ought to get out. And I was like, no, I don't know what I'm doing. And finally that, you know, totally open door to do whatever I want. And then her nudging me through it. That was really what it took for me to say, you know what, might as well try it. I'm in a position where it, I can't go anywhere but up. So in hindsight, what would be your advice to somebody in that position? So if you find yourself suddenly unemployed like that, um, definitely gather your references from the job. Um, if you're doing a position like I had where I was doing creative work, um, make sure that you have a portfolio. So I was actually gathering up all of the pieces that I had written that were some of my best work and printing them out and making sure I had that ready to go in case I wanted to pitch for another job. Um, and then connections, definitely connections, because that's what really got me over the hump. Um, I reached out to a friend who had actually quit her job as a tech writer and started her own writing firm. So I reached out to her immediately and said, I'm thinking about this. Tell me everything you know. Um, I reached out to a couple other people I knew who were doing writing work and got their advice too. And then I started networking because I figured I could pitch for jobs and I could you know, start my own business at the same time. We'll see which one does better. Speaking of networking, this is a little side issue, but just to get, because I hear so much about this recently as far as uh, self-promotion of, well, especially as an author, what do you feel is the best social media way to promote yourself? Um, it depends on where your audience is. So 
Uh, I have one client who does really well on uh, TikTok. Uh, she does really well on TikTok, but a lot of her type of people, the people she wants to work with are on there. Um, for me, I do better on LinkedIn and Facebook because most of my, my people are a professional audience. Um, Instagram's good if you have something like a children's book and you're doing a lot of visuals. So it, it really depends on where your people are and what you feel most comfortable with. I know some people just like hate a certain social media platform. So just avoid that one and go with the others. There are so many out there that as long as you're in front of the people you want to be in front of, that's really what you need to worry about. I've asked that question many times and I believe you gave the best answer. It, oh, thank you. It's a really clear definition, basically, of where to go, what to do, because so many people ask that. You broke it down very well, and I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks. So now you here you are, and you've made this decision, and you're moving forward. Mm-hmm. Tell us what happened next. Um, a lot of ups and downs. Uh, I started out thinking, you know, I already mentioned I'm not sleeping through the night. I have a one-year-old and three-year-old. I had been working from home in my position. um, So I didn't have daycare, for example. I didn't have anybody who would watch my kids. So I knew it was going to be a challenge having them at home. So I had uh, had a babysitter who came in part-time. And then between my husband working odd hours because he works in sports. And then my schedule, um, it was kind of the three of us bouncing around taking care of the two kids. Um, so I knew that I had to do something that I was going to be able to fit into the pockets of time where I either had my husband or a babysitter or it was nap time. So I decided to start out with just small pieces of work. So I would um, do web material, for example, or I would do a set of blog posts for somebody. And that was where I got started in my business was Mm -hmm. doing the writing pieces, because I was so used to having just a quick tight deadline that I could sit down and bang something out pretty fast. Um, I could do a press release, you know, in half an hour if I needed to, and get that turned around and back out to somebody and then go feed my kids. (laughs) So i had to figure out what was going to work best with what my schedule was and what my family needed, which was not something I had been taught necessarily in the corporate world. That was more, you're here, you know, these set of hours, and that's what you're doing during that time. Um, Being an entrepreneur, if, especially if you have small children, it's sometimes you're mommy for 20 minutes and then you're a professional for 20 minutes and then you're back to being mommy for 20 minutes. So that was a huge, huge thing that I had to learn about. Um, And there aren't any boundaries with a three-year-old and a one-year-old. So if I decided I was going to hop on a call to talk to somebody about their blog posts, I might have somebody wandering in and asking for goldfish crackers. So I had to (laughs) let my clients know, hey, this is what's going on. Um, And at first I was very nervous about that because that was not something that was okay in a corporate job. You did not have distractions. You had your work life and your home life. Um, But from there, I, I started going out to networking events and talking, you know, whenever I could talking about what I did. And anytime somebody found out that I had written books, that's when they said, wait a second, how do you write a book? 
Yeah. So that's where I kind of shifted into was, was saying, all right, I can also work on books. I can also teach you how to write a book, but it wasn't a very concrete thing that first year or even the second year. Um, I started out mostly when I was dealing with books was editing. And that's when I started realizing how much coaching is needed too, because if I get into an edit and I start seeing all these things that should have been addressed up front, um, you know, that's, it's a bigger pain to go back into a book and rework it instead of just having a really strong structure to begin with. Absolutely. That's such a good, all those points are very valid points. Now, what are some of the other hurdles that prevent people from writing their stories? Oh, there's a list a mile long. Uh, Some of it is just not knowing what you want to get out there. First started writing books. Uh, I was in grad school and I had this bright idea to write about these characters that I'd come up with, but I didn't have a really solid plot. Um, so I just spent a lot of time kind of almost doodling a story. Um, and I, I didn't have a real direction to it. So it took much longer to get that story written. And then I ended up rewriting and rewriting and rewriting as I started realizing oh, I should have done this, I should have done that. Well, that's not a strong character. Well, that's not a good plot line. You know, all these things that you run into when you, you know, things you don't know that you don't know. Um, And you sit down and you just start writing because that's what you think you should do is just dump it all out. Um, Dumping it all out is good if you need to get it out, but you really have to have a strong structure to be able to get it out in a way that it makes sense and actually speaks to your audience and reaches the purpose that you had set up for yourself. Um, If you're new to writing a book, you don't necessarily know that those are things you need to think about upfront. When I was doing my corporate job, audience and purpose were always the first questions we asked. And we would get answers like, oh, you know, this is supposed to go on the website. The audience is just anybody who goes to our website. Okay, so it's those type of people. All right. Um, But when you sit down and write a book, especially for people who are doing nonfiction, that can be a real struggle, um, pinpointing who your audience is. And, you know, a lot of times they think, audience. Okay, I've done marketing exercises. My audience is women age 30 to 40 who um, quit their career to stay home with their kids and they like to read uh, Cosmo. Well, that's not really a good way of looking at who your audience is. You're solving a challenge with your book if you're doing nonfiction. If you're doing fiction, you're entertaining. (laughs) If you're doing nonfiction, it's a whole nother world. And when you're trying to identify that challenge and work toward that, that's gonna end up getting you into a place where you just can open up and share your story and feel more comfortable with it. So I think that's one of the biggest challenges that people run into. I think what I'm hearing you say between the lines as well is there is no legitimate excuse not to do it. (laughs) Yeah, yes, definitely. There's no legitimate excuse. Um, There are so many resources out there, um, so many people you can reach out to, you know, if you want to take that next step and, you know, if you're sitting here going, oh, I want to write a book, I really want to step into that. Um, if you already have that idea in your head, it's possible. And I think that's another thing that people don't realize. If it's 
if it's something you desire, then it's absolutely possible for you to do. And that belief that, oh, that's just for famous people. Oh, that's just for rich people. Oh, that's just for beautiful people or, you know, whatever it is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that keeps people from doing it. It's, it's just you saying, you know, I'm not enough. I can't do this. No, you're absolutely enough. Your story is enough. And somebody, someone out there needs to hear it. Well stated. We're going to take a 30 second break. And when we come back, you're going to share with us what steps we need to take and how you can help the listeners, both with your coaching, your publishing house, and your upcoming books. So we'll be right back. Carol Graham would like to show you the path from misery to miraculous triumph in her fast-paced memoir, Battered Hope. She relates her determination to succeed as someone who experienced one horrendous nightmare after another, gang-raped and left for dead, loss of a child, husband falsely imprisoned, and cancer. Nothing could break her tenacity or faith. No matter what you face, heartache, loss, suffering or injustice, Carol will illustrate how she became a victor the same way you can. The secret is to never, ever give up hope. Order your copy at Amazon or batteredhope.blogspot.com. One of the things that Corey said was that every emerging leader and high performer needs a book to demonstrate their credibility reach a bigger audience and connect with the media. But those people are busy. Writing a book is on their radar, but they need a simple way to do it fast without the stress and hassle of figuring it out all by themselves. And when I read that, I thought, is there anybody that does not fit that scenario? I mean, that covers it all. As you said earlier, we all have a story. Most of us want to share that story. Some of us don't know how. Some of us are too busy. Some of us have excuses. But you are here to tell us exactly how to do that. So what steps do we need to take? Well, first off, um, as I mentioned before, that audience and purpose, those are ideal for beginning your book, Um, knowing who you're writing for and what kind of challenges they're going through, that's going to take care of a lot of the questions throughout your book. Um, That's going to help you with your structure. And then once you have that structure, that's when you'll be able to actually write the book. Um, I know one of the pieces of advice that people like to throw out is if you want to write a book, just write. I want to add to that, just write to practice. (laughs) Don't sit down and just write and think that you're going to write a whole book. Um, You know, we've all seen people start mopping a floor the first time that they've done it. Uh, I've seen my daughters do this (laughs) and they start mopping and then they end up trapped in the corner of the room with all this wet floor around them. And that's what happens if you just start writing a book and you don't know what you're doing. You end up with a book that kind of works for this set of people and kind of works for this other set of people and doesn't really work for one cohesive audience. So that is upfront, absolutely what you need to do. Um, The purpose of the book, this is something else that I don't think enough people identify. Um, Whenever you're writing a book, you don't just want to write something that is 
you know, giving people like one little chunk of things. And then you're like, oh, go sign up for my coaching program. You know, they've Mm -hmm. purchased a book from you. They expect to get something valuable out of that. And part of that is you giving them instruction. But then the other part is that connection with you. And you need to go deep when you're doing that connection piece. If you're writing nonfiction, people don't just want to see a a list of, you know, do this, do this, do this. They can pick up a textbook if they want that. (laughs) Um, When you're... When you're working uh, as a nonfiction author, they want to connect with you in a deep way because they want to see that you understand who they are and what they're going through. And I'm going to give you my favorite example. Um, My author, Matt Scaletti, when he was working on his book, The First 15, uh, he uh, overcame alcoholism and went on to uh, be a motivational speaker. And he does all kinds of wonderful things, um, just inspiring people to get a hold of their lives and, you know, be the best them they possibly can be. So when Matt was working on his book, um, he had written this part about how he had decided he was going to change his diet um, before he, he was, you know, drinking a lot of beer. He was, you know, just eating whatever. And he decided, look, if I'm going to clean up my, you know, not do alcohol, I'm also going to clean up, clean up my diet and do everything good for my body. So when we were looking at the first draft of that section, he basically said that he cleaned everything out of his fridge that was junk, threw it away, went to the grocery store, bought a whole list of stuff that was good for him and put that in the fridge. And that's how he did it. And I said, no, you didn't. (laughs) That's not what happened. I said, I want you to tell me. Two nights later, I called for pizza. I want you to tell me, hey, the next time I went to the grocery store, I threw a thing of donuts in my cart because I just really had a craving. I said, you got to let people know that, yeah, there's some backslide. Mm. Um, It's the same thing with any situation, you know, if somebody finds out that they have breast cancer, they don't just say, Hey, I'm going to get through this. And they go to all their treatments and they come out the other end and ring the bell. That's not how it happens. There are, you know, times when they break down and cry. There are times when they are celebrating with their friends. There are times, you know, up and down all over the place. So no matter what the story is, whether it's a personal story, a business story, um, you know, whatever, there are up and downs, up, ups and downs. So you have to share those with your audience. You have to let them know that you're a real person. And then they're going to say, oh, you know what? I did that too. I went out and bought donuts after I signed on for that diet. Um, I decided to, you know, stay home and watch TV instead of going to the gym. I decided to have uh, my parents watch my kids. And then I just sat in my room and read a book instead of doing what I said I was going to do. Like we all have these moments where it's like, you know what, I was a real person and that's perfectly okay. And the more we see that kind of stuff in books, the more, you know, we as a whole people are going to be more real. And I think that's just a beautiful thing. Just going off on that tangent for a second. Um, But those are things you have to identify up front. You know, how am I going to be real with these people? How am I going to share my story and um, show them? Yes, there were pieces that were really tough, but then there were also these uplifting, beautiful parts to my story too. Um, So that's part of what I teach people when I coach them is how to identify what pieces we really want to stretch out and what pieces we really want to make a little bit choppier, make them um, less uh, painful because you also have to consider that if you're writing a story that has painful parts, that the reader also has that same pain. So we don't want to be like picking at a scab. 
Um, so it, it takes a little bit of finessing sometimes to figure out what you really want to share and what you don't need to share and maybe the pieces that you just want to give them little snippets. So when we are honest, our audience recognizes that and they relate better. Yes, absolutely. Break down your coaching program of what you what you offer, you know, number of sessions, how they can contact you, etc. Okay. Um, so I offer two different coaching programs. One is a group program and one is a private program. Um, the private program, obviously one-on-one -on -one sessions with me, we do two a month for five months. Um, the group program is with up to six people. I always cap it at six. That way everybody gets their time. I have time to read chapters from them, all that good stuff. Um, and it's the same setup. It's two sessions per month for five months. With my private clients, I always read through everything they've written before each session. And that way I'm helping make sure that the whole book is aligned, that the story flows well. Um, with my group clients, they don't need as much handholding. They're people who are a little more independent and they can just take whatever I tell them on one chapter and kind of stretch it out to the rest of the story. Um, once my clients have been through the coaching portion, then we go into editing, um, layout and publishing. Uh, we also do PR and um, we work on their bestseller campaign and their booked uh, book cover during the coaching part of the program. So by the time they get to the end of about six to eight months, um, we actually have a book ready to publish. Wow, that's good news for anybody listening. And how often do you do the, um, the coaching sessions? Like, are you open at any time? Yeah, it's rolling enrollment. Okay. And we also, um, we also do accept people who have written their books on their own um, because some people are really independent on that and they feel comfortable writing their book on their own. Um, so if they are completely done, then they can come in and do the editing, cover, publishing, all those pieces. Tell us about your books. And you also have a new novel coming out soon, correct? Yes, I do. Um, my book, Braving the Shore, is going to be coming out uh, June 1st. And uh, we're actually doing a launch with the ebook uh, about a week before that, and then a live launch with the paperback. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. I haven't written a novel in several years <laughs> because I had little kids. Uh, so it's kind of tough to write with little ones at home. Um, we did a couple children's books when they were younger, but now. Uh, last summer was when I sat down and finally was able to write my novel. Um, and it's about uh, two sisters who get back together to celebrate their 35th birthday. And there's an accident that kind of upends their worlds. Um, and then the story follows one of the sisters as she's recovering from memory loss and trying to fit back into what her place is in the world and rediscover what her path was and if she even wants to stay on that path um, because everything is kind of ill-fitting and she's really confused about what she's doing. Um, she has a little girl and she runs a bakery, so she's trying to figure that stuff out. And then there's... Um, all kinds of crazy stuff with her love life too. She's divorced and she finds out um, some really interesting things along the way about what was going on in her world. And did you relate with the story at all? Um, there were pieces that I brought in, um, not so much the, uh, the character herself um, as far as like 
being divorced and having a child and owning a bakery, those sort of things, but um, kind of figuring out your path mm-hmm, and just mm-hmm. figuring who you truly are. That was um, a lot of my journey as a uh, business owner. I brought that into um, how she kind of rediscovered herself. And your other books besides your children's <laughs> books? Um, so I started out writing, um, I did four middle grade fantasy books and then after that, I wrote a, uh, a women's book. Um, and I, it's been so long now that I've kind of put those aside, but they are still available. <laughs> um, but yeah, those were kind of my, my jumping off point for figuring out how to write a book, um, how to publish a book, like mm. all of those kind of things. So that was really my schooling for myself was writing those five novels. And you also have a publishing house, you tell us about that? I do. Um, Aurora Coriolis Publishing. Uh, I started that in the spring of 21. And uh, since then, we've been publishing a few select uh, titles. Mostly it's, we work with um, people who are entrepreneurs, business owners, uh, coaches, speakers, those kind of people. And they want to write a book for their business. They want to tell their story. So um We've done some where I've coached people through their book and we've done some where they've done an anthology or they've um, written the book on their own and brought it to us and then we've published it. Um, so, yeah, we have a few titles that came out last year and a couple this spring. And we actually have um, we've started doing some children's books, too. So anything that has a really big message, something that is really important for kids, Um so we have uh, The Rings That Sing by Christine Smart is coming out soon. And King Kindness of Can Do is also coming out soon. Um, and those books are about uh, discovering your gifts and about kindness. And I think, you know, it's important to get these big messages to kids so they can you know, grow up and help make the world a better place. Especially when they're getting so many negative messages from so many other places. So definitely that's a true mission. Now, is there anything else that you would like to share just that we haven't covered already and possibly a word of encouragement or motivation or both to the audience? I think we've covered about everything that I do. Uh, But as far as motivation and encouragement, you know, if you've been out there thinking about writing a book, um, it's clearly something that you need to do. If the thought has come into your head, it's yours is, you know, I'm not just saying that because I'm an author. I'm saying that because, you know, I've been in a place where I've had ideas and said, Oh no, that's probably not for me. I'm not, I'm not that type of person. I'm not ready for it. But you know, if it's something that lights you up when you think about it or you tell your best friend and you're like, wow, this is really exciting. You absolutely need to do it. And the best way to start doing it is to sit down and figure out who am I writing for and why. And once you get those things, um, you know, the sky's the limit, especially that why piece. Why do you want to get that story out to the world? What impact is it going to make? Who is it going to be, you know, making a difference for? Um, you can always come back to that statement and re-inspire yourself because um, you're going to have days where you're working on your book and you're just like, oh my God, this is drudgery. I do not want to do this. So sometimes you have to go back and say, well, why am I doing this? What was my main reason? All right, we can get going again. I think everybody in the listening audience and basically everybody has said either I should write a book (laughs) or had somebody tell them you should write a book. 
right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, because we ha there are unlimited number of stories that are untold and stories that would bring encouragement, stories that will be, a, you know, a help, stories, um, well, the list is endless, correct? And yeah. pe people are looking for something that they can relate to. And now they have no excuse. You have laid this out clearly. There are steps they can take. You are there to help them. You are certainly there to coach them. I know that you will be open to answering any questions that the audience might have before they connect with you. And uh, they can do that, of course, through the email address that will be supplied, etc. All your links for your books and your coaching, your program, your publishing house, etc. And your website, of course, will be on the show notes. And I think what you have done today is took away any excuse for anyone who's thinking they want to put it off. The time is now. Absolutely. The time is now. <laughs> And thank you so much, Corey, for being on Never Ever Give Up Hope. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. Did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to? Quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one. So please subscribe and review this podcast. A rating of five stars would be outstanding and appreciated. Remember, if you are still here, there is always hope.